to those who don't have an isolationist friend, this sucks! (laughs) (laughs) This sucks! Welcome to the Kindred Spirit Podcast, a show all about the board game Spirit Island. Here we'll talk about analytics and strategies within the game, as well as a plethora of other topics that can be found within it. Today we will continue our adversary series with the analysis of Habsburg! Habsburg Monarchy! Let's go! Why did I do I don't know. I'm kind of like Austro-Hungarian. No, wait a minute. It's Germany. We're wasting time! Let's go! So I'm guessing you guys came to my house to record an episode on Habsburg? Well, Lord wants Snapple. <laughs> it was all the Snapple, really, so I'm going to leave now. <laughs> yeah, well, got that mine. is why you have come, is it not? <laughs> Do you have any good food? Ding! <laughs> <laughs> we got our one Lord of the Rings quota done. There you go, Grant. Alrighty, so today we are, as we said, going through Habsburg, which was one of the new adversary peeps that arrived in Jagged Earth. There was only two, Russia and Habsburg, so we've already done Russia. Now it is time for Habsburg. Wait, Scott? Scotland isn't new? They are also new, but they are in promo pack two. Thanks, oh. Laura, for asking that question. What's that actually is two? a good promo <laughs> We bought that. Remember I said it was a little extra and it was okay that if I spend that and buy the promo pack? And then you bought three new pairs of shoes, too? Stop! <laughs> you guys always fight on this box. No. You said it was okay. Just don't look at the expense account. I didn't know there were levels to this. <laughs> the promotional packs are like extra things that unfortunately at the immediate moment are kind of hard to get, which is actually really too bad. It's really a genuine shame because there are a lot of things that they introduce in promo pack 2 that well can't be gotten because they're sold out and people who are selling them on ebay and other things other private market websites are like increasing the price by like a lot so it's like really bad because they know they're rare yeah promotional pack 1 just had heart of the wildfire and serpent that's all it gave you promo pack 2 gave you downpour and it gave you finder gave you aspect cards for the low complexity characters gave you two scenarios varied terrains and diversity of spirits and it gave you the adversary of scotland so it's a lot. Yeah. yeah, promotional pack two has a lot in it. And unfortunately, you can't find it anywhere. So anyway, <clears throat> Jagged Earth has specifically, as far as adversaries go, Habsburg and Russia. So Habsburg are devious little fellas because they are constantly moving around with their livestock. I think that was actually kind of cool. We mentioned that a long time ago, which was some of the new ideas that they're bringing into the game. And livestock wasn't a thing that they've ever really done before. And mm-hmm. their livestock is represented by towns who can go and move around because they're very mobile. And it's cool because their livestock actually gets unhealthy and easier to deal with if the land's blighted. And it actually kind of makes sense. So, like, as far as the standpoint of lore, I kind of like this world-building aspect of, you know, we haven't really done livestock before. And domesticated animals brought in pets as, like, a thing to Spirit Island. Sure, maybe just a single card. But, I don't know, I think it's kind of cool when a card or a scenario or an adversary brings in, like, this cool new thing, this world-building, making the world just feel just a little bit deeper, a little bit more fleshed out. Before we started playing the game a couple of nights ago against Habsburg you had brought up that lore and it was just really cool right before we jumped into it to mm-hmm. be like oh yeah there's building little towns all around the area not big cities but they have mm-hmm. these rich livestock but once the land gets blighted you know the livestock mm-hmm. starts to they're die they're very out. rural by the way yeah. I hate that word rural rural drawer oh my goodness rural drawer oh, that's why I always say Me. rural <laughs> it's rural <laughs> <clears throat> yes and as you said someone who is on the seat in a courtroom who is from the country is a rural juror. I just feel like I have molasses <laughs> pouring out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my goodness, it's you really the, yeah, do. Enunciate all yeah. words. <laughs> Pop the peas. Anyway, but yeah, I brought that up because it was a way to make it easier to understand what this foe does to our friends who were joining us for that game mm-hmm. because they're like, wait, what do they do again? And what, what was this rule again? And what, what was that one? And it was easy for them to remember that cities are only on the coast because they are a rural yeah. nation. So they have all of the inlands a little bit more farm-like and a little bit more open. That's why there's more towns and livestock inland. Many, many towns. And the only <laughs> cities you'll find are the ones that are on the coast, unless yep. Finder was just the like, hey, I'm going to throw you over here. <laughs> Anyway, so let's go and learn a little bit about this monarchy that assails Spirit Island, shall we? <clears throat> Emperor Joseph I inherited the Habsburg monarchy upon the death of his father, Leopold I, shortly after the conclusion of the War of the Spanish Succession, a short-lived attempt by Emperor Leopold to put Joseph's younger brother, Charles, on the Spanish throne. <laughs> Secure and... <laughs> Deep breath. That was all in one breath. That was good. <clears throat> Secure in his alliance with Sweden and Prussia, Emperor Joseph stepped back from territorial conflicts in Western Europe and focused on growing the wealth of the empire for his son and heir, Leopold Joseph. Joseph I chartered the Ostend Company in 1697 to bring trade from the East and West Indies through his Belgian provinces, setting up overseas colonies and beginning a program of resettlement of Hungarian peasantry. Habsburg colonies are newer than those of any European power, save Russia, but have grown quickly due to their focus on nomadic herding rather than farming and infrastructure. Habsburg control of Belgium allows easy access to Atlantic trading routes, but puts the Habsburg fleets in direct competition with those of England, Scotland, and France. So there is your little who are these peeps, and what is the brief little description of who they are. Now let's look to the book to see what the book recommends as who is good and who is bad against such foes. Can I just insert here, I didn't know this book existed. The this rule bit book? of the book? You didn't know, know this the rule bit book of the book existed? existed. I just think, found out five minutes did ago. Did you think I was just making up the rules as I went? Nobody <laughs> ever told me they were tips. There's a walkthrough. It is in the kind of the back of the book, to be fair, but not a lot of people look at a rule book for lore things. They the look for like the tome. general, right. We like the pictures. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, I like lore. <clears throat> I like lore. Lore? Lore? <laughs> lore? 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 lore. Oh, I like huh? Laura. Yeah. Laura hey, not again. Roll. <clears throat> okay, the book says that this adversary is notably easier for spirits that tend to let lots of blight get added. So, for instance, vengeance is a burning plague, they mention. Mm. Or for spirits that can isolate lands, like downpour. I would also like to add wildfire for the former mm-hmm. and perhaps finder for the latter. Ooh. This adversary <laughs> is notably harder for spirits that are hamstrung by blight, i.e. sharp fangs behind the leaves. I would also like to mention Keeper as well, as they have a few things that prevent them from doing fun things because of blight. Or with scenarios that involve keeping the invaders from reaching a given place. Hmm. Kind of sounds like the Great River. All guard the Isle's heart. Oh. It does. Well, yeah, this is good for control spirits And the Thief one where they try to get off the board. Oh, the Thief one was fun. But we'll jump into scenarios later. Anyway, so that is who the book says as to yay or nay. So let's go ahead and learn about the actual rules. What does Habsburg monarchy actually bring to the table? Well, to start off, they have base difficulty two. Ooh. 
They I think that's actually the highest, by the way. That's a pretty rough really? start. As far as the base difficulty, I think that's the highest. What's I will double check that. Uh, they're only one. They're yeah. only one. But yeah. Russia ramps up. Oh, they do. Okay. Yep. So these guys start a little higher. They have an additional loss condition of irreparable damage. We have to track how many blight come off the blight card during ravages that do eight plus damage to the land. If that number ever exceeds players, the invaders win. The notable exception to that would be for stone. When stone. Stone's taking the blight out of the Box, so right, stone, stone is a really good counter more. for I'm this. I'm surprised Book didn't get into stone. Should have mentioned it by name. <laughs> now, every adversary does something that tweaks your gameplay in a very specific way. For example, usually in a normal game, beasts are completely exempt from incoming damage, but Russia tweaks that formula by going after beasts specifically. Mm-hmm. Usually in normal games, if a land is going to blight anyway, it doesn't actually matter how much damage damage was done, really. That's what I like about the game, unless it's Sweden, which right. you gotta keep track of, but typically, you're right. But it could Sweden be... tweaks this formula, yes. and Habsburg also tweaks this. Ugh. Very interesting. Depending on how hard they can hit you, they will actually win the game for dealing those heavy hits. So, sometimes, I'm sure you as a finder player have had things where you've conglomerated a bunch of people into one spot, and we're like, haha, I have one problem land, and yeah, they're gonna blight here, but, you know, that's fine, because that's just one blight. I have a healing card, I'll heal it. Yeah. And I'll just keep alternating between healing this land and letting it blight. Well, not going to (laughs) be as consistent with that particular strategy because if they smack you too hard and they do this much damage, then it's going to be like, ow, it actually matters now. Especially in smaller games, like one or Mm -hmm. two players, this can quickly make you lose the game Mm -hmm. if you just let things get out of control. I like what Jagged Earth is doing, like you said, Ryan, with the Russia and Beast were Mm -hmm. like indestructible, basically, until Russia comes along. And then Habsburg, you had said the Keeper mm-hmm. is not good. And that was like one of the heavy hitters yeah. of Spirit Island up until this point. So, right. And as we will get into the rules with destroy and damage, like mm-hmm. Habsburg really warps things. Maybe we'll make the Spirit Island player feel unsettled to what we're right. used to. It definitely does shake things up. But from a point of optimism, Laura, I'd like to point out that your boy, Resilience Earth is actually useful here because it says track how much blight comes off of the blight card during ravages that do 8 plus damage. Well, Resilience Earth requires you to do 10, so it never blighted in that regard. So you I remember in past or I in, did. in past episodes, you're like, I like this character and I don't know why. Nobody else did. <laughs> <laughs> Jerks. Mr. Wolf did. Oh, that's right. But here's a legitimate thing that is a strength of Resilience Earth. It's a pretty heavy help. counter, Yeah, I would say. I like Stone better, but yeah! Hey! They have a stage 2 escalation. They do. Habsburg does. What is it? Mm-hmm. It is called Seek Prime Territory. After exploring on each board with four or fewer blights, add a town to lands without towns or blight. On each board with two or fewer blights, do so again. Ooh, Ooh we ran into this <laughs> many you know, times in our game. These kind of towns. things, I think, annoy me the most. <laughs> Not because of what they do, okay. it's when they happen. And what annoys me is simply whenever a game punishes you for doing well. But it doesn't feel like this nuanced struggle between two opposing sides mm. who each have to cleverly counteract the other in this tug of war in order to get an advantage in their contest. Rather, it feels like you're getting taxed for doing the things you're supposed to do. Mm. The game balancing here just seems so clumsy in these instances. They didn't get the better of me because they subverted my tactics. There was no give and take, right. no standard of strategy I had to maintain. The bad guys have things that will make them progress 
progress whether I'm doing well or when I'm doing poorly. It's not like the bad guys capitalized on a mistake I made. There's not as much pressure to do my best. Not as much satisfaction in success when the bad guys have triggers that benefit them whenever the player does too well. Mm. So instead of being rewarded by a brief break in the pressure because you did well, instead you're punished with the bad guys getting something extra. Now mm. of course I know that is sufficiently why it's hard. It's because if the player is doing good, there's an extra bad thing that comes in. I get it. I understand how and why it makes it harder. But after exploring on each board with four or fewer blight, that means if you're doing a good job and keeping a land clean, that means... Here's a town. <laughs> you get more towns. Oh, I'm sorry. And if you're doing really good and there's only two or fewer, they get to do that again. Like, <laughs> we hardly ran into again because we just couldn't keep yeah. blight off the board. It does make sense, though, because they all have herds. They all have livestock mm. and stuff. So if all of their lands are clear and growing fresh and the grass is quite green, the livestock is going to be like, ooh, sweet. Yeah. And they're going to be healthy and it's good, which makes total sense, but I hate it. When... <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's changing so much within what we're yeah. used to for the past three years of playing this game. Right, and I think this escalation doesn't gel well with my defender-centered mindset. And as a Sharp Fangs player. Right, because mm. this is a faction that if the land is doing good, so are they. If the land is doing poorly, so are they. So... It used to be if the land is doing good, you are doing, doing good. good. You ride the player. Right. And now it's like the exact opposite. But it totally makes sense though as far as, you know, with the livestock oh, yeah. like we described. So, Habsburg on the sly gets countered a lot by the messy blight using characters. Mm. The high offense characters. Or people that can just simply coexist with blight. So all of your blight users, spoiler alert, like to really throw monkey wrenches into Habsburg. Habsburg's engine here, but this isn't the only adversary that has a thing which comes into effect once the player is doing good things. Sure. Russia hiding cards in the fear deck, like, ah, come on. <laughs> like, the fear deck is something I like to go through. I know. Ah, and they're like, oh, here's another, <laughs> here's another land we're building on. <laughs> right. Skyland, England, like, building adjacently is right. never fun. When you're like, oh, this land's empty. It's got a town now. Right. <laughs> it's one of those things where it feels like you can hardly ever get one up on the bad guys. Mm -hmm when they have perks that trigger whenever you do something, those counterattacking things, you're like, will you stop it? <laughs> it can be so <laughs> mentally deprecating, like, uh -huh. Uh -huh. I feel like for these guys, you really have to strategize your team, yeah. maybe more so than other ones. I remember. You just gotta, like, really, like, we had to find all the blight no, people. No, it's true. I just, I remember when we played this the other day, and the people we were playing with, as well as me, after turn one, we were like, Wow. I don't like these guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were not a fan really early on. Not a fan. Uh-oh. I really liked playing these people. Oh. Maybe because I just have such PTSD with that stupid Russia. But... You know, it was a lot of fun to counter them with the specific spirits we did, but the poor player who was playing Lore and the other guy who was playing Green, they weren't doing so hot. And I was like, eh, yeah, I can see their opinion when they say the words, I'm not feeling so great about this adversary. I'm like, I feel you, fam. We turned, I got you. We turned it around. Yep. I think we were able to do quite well. But let's get into what they do with their various levels. So we described how their base difficulty starts at two, which I believe is actually the highest for base difficulty, but I will check into that. Hey, Editing Ryan, is that correct? Ah, I was wrong. France is also two. Thanks, bro. Anyway, so at level one, their difficulty goes from two to three. They add another fear card to the deck and they add it to stage two. So you go from three across the board to three, four, three. They acquire at level one, the perk 
Migratory Herders. After the normal build step, in each land that matches a build card, gather one town from a land that is not matching a build card. So this is this one is like of their thing. Yes. One of their things. And I've noticed a lot of nations fundamental identity defining things are usually in the first few levels. And this would be it. Oh yeah, Russia's strong explorers is on one. Yep, and then explorers staying alive happens at stage two. Okay. So Which makes sense, because if you're going to play against a specific adversary, you want to play against like the right. essence of the adversary. You want and then their... build layers on top of that. Correct. Mm. You want that identity represented quickly at even the lower levels. Yeah. So what this means is that they have moving towns. This is really interesting and very unfortunate for characters that want to set up stuff. Our lure player had it quite hard because lure is a character that can move people. Yes, they can move explorers and they can move towns. They gather them in. They lure them to the wilderness. And our player was able to do that. However, it's kind of hard when you perfectly pull people in and then those towns, I'm going to move right out out of here. (laughs) So lure's like... Like, get over here. And then he's just like, all right, I'm going to head out. <laughs> so he just right back out of there. Yeah, the explorer's like, I've seen this movie. <laughs> but then I set up Badlands into this land, and I set up other things over here. So mobile attackers are actually going to be pretty good here because someone who can keep up with you, someone who can keep pace. Thunderspeaker comes to mind when I think about this. Sharp Fangs comes to mind when I usually think about this. However, the necessity for Blight is a hindering factor, but I'm speaking towards the mobile attacking thing. At yeah. least Sharp Fangs can keep up with these mobile towns. So that is something that can actually be a blessing and a curse because if you are someone who can move, you don't mind. And if you are someone who is everywhere like Mist, actually not so bad. Because you can true. be like, I'm everywhere. You going over there? Eh, I'm already over there. And even if I wasn't, okay, I'll follow you. Downpour is like, where you going, fam? Starlight's going, where you going, fam? Trickster, where you going, fam? I need to think of Starlight more. Just, I'm yeah. talking to everyone in the room. Like, yeah. it's just like, oh yeah, Starlight does stuff and moves around and like Starlight, has an option. There are Starlight like is a thing. 10, a thing. 12 different spirits all contained within Starlight. Yeah. <laughs> so. I just forget like Starlight can just move yep. so easily. Yep. I need to play that spirit again. One thing I always remind myself is just how good of a blight healer Starlight can Mm be with that three water elements remove a blight. Boom. It's not bad. You should have played Starlight. That would have added an interesting Starlight is a very fun character to play as. Give it to Josh. Anyway, so that is (laughs) migratory herders. That is what makes them move. They get that at level one. Before we move on to the next one, I hated this because spoilers, I played as River Mm. and I would clear out a land and then all of a sudden they would gather match the build card into a land I just cleared out. So I'm like, oh, this land's cleared. Yep. They don't care. They gather it over there. Right. It was just such a pain for me mm-hmm. to like try and keep things out as a control character. Yeah. I had cleared out an entire this land. This is a anti-control thing yeah, it was that not the bad fun. guys are using against you. It reminded me a little bit of England. Like, land's clear. doesn't matter. Here's a town. Well, you stop it. Like, I know. <laughs> it's so annoying. When you clear a thing and then they're like, oh, can I come in? And, you know, in England's case, they have more health. And as we will describe here, they're like, will you stop it with your high health building? I know, so much health. Sorry, next level. Well, then at level two, they go from difficulty three up to five. Oof. Fear cards, there's 11, four, five, and two. Now that's interesting. Let's break this down. Oh. At first, <laughs> at level one, they were three, four, three. But at level two, they go to four, five, two? two. 
Only two. So much emphasis on Terra Level 2 because they don't care about cities. Right. But that's so strange that there's only two. And it's the only level in this entire thing that does so, but I thought that was quite interesting. It's almost like the designers or the game just assumes like you're not going to have trouble with cities. Terra Level 2 is going to be where the big mid-game fight And that's where our fight was as well. It did. Yeah. Anywho. Then our game effect is more rural than urban. (laughs) That was perfectly enunciated. Well done. It was. Thank you. I have theater training. (laughs) During setup, on each board, add one town to land number two and one town to the highest numbered land without setup symbols. During play, when invaders would build one city in an inland land, they instead build two towns. Me no likey this either. (laughs) So this one does two things. You start with more towns out there, so they just have more stuff. That's not the worst thing. But this is yet another pillar of their identity, which is their cities only exist on the coasts. But in the inland lands, they will have literally twice as many towns. So you're thinking like, oh, maybe that's good. Like cities are tough. They're yeah. three health. They do three damage. More towns isn't as bad. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Remember how when we were describing Russia, we said, you can see now how these indestructible explorers that do high damage are really annoying. And that's like their whole shtick. Well, you can quickly see that Habsburg's shtick <laughs> is high health mobile towns and there's a lot of them there's so many they're Ugh. multiplying spreading it's like spiders yeah. it, oh, like it was, mortal engines mm-hmm. where the cities are all come to life and just scurrying <laughs> all over the stupid board as you're running after them with a flip flop who's gonna know a mortal <laughs> engines reference no um, one there are a lot of people we're talking to nerds <laughs> there are dozens of us dozens dozens I it tell was you. a movie <laughs> no one watched it well I heard that it wasn't like uh, the book was conceptually fun yeah, the I heard the book was cool. actually just too much good. teenage angst Okay. Anyway, I think that this also introduces a strategic entry here for characters that do damage to a lot of invaders as opposed to maybe single tough invaders because now you have twice as many towns. I instantly thought of Mist. Yeah. Honestly. I think Mist does this. River does this. There are certain cards like Spill Bitterness into the Earth Mm -hmm. does this as well. Just cards or powers that allow you to do damage to multiple people will start to look a lot better. Mist of Oblivion would be fantastic. Mm. Yes. Blobby Mist. He's so so fat. I love him. The first iteration of Mist. He's so cute. (laughs) He's so fat. I want to poke him. Okay, anyway. Level three. It raises the difficulty to six. So we went from... just buy it one. Yeah, from five to six. Not bad. Too bad. We're on to 12 fear cards. Four, five, and then three. So instead of two, it boosts it up to three. Mm Kind of gives you a longer game. It does. I like the third one. Not for what it does. It's just a setup. Yeah. Because less rules to track. When making the invader deck, remove one additional stage one card. New deck order. One, one. Two, 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 two. And then all your threes that you usually play with. Yep. So it's just a standard invader deck, but they only have two stage one cards. It's starting to feel like Brandenburg. In a way, yeah, the game has one less turn in it, but more impactfully, they get to their stage two much quicker. And we already described their stage two escalation, but on turn three, you're going to be getting that. Yeah. What this means is that you are simply going to get to that stage two escalation effect a lot faster than usual, because it's going to feel earlier, because it is. I know it's just one card, but that's an entire turn. And I remember when we were playing, we're like, oh, they're doing this already? 
<laughs> and some of us on turn three didn't have a whole lot of blight, so we ironically did have... that only hurt two of us. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll get into that. River, I had to have multiple towns added during the escalation. But you had a really unique and yeah. fun way to deal with this problem. We'll get into that in thirty minutes. <laughs> so level four is where they really kick it up, and this is where the barf starts to happen. So first off, the difficulty increases by two from six to eight. They go to difficulty eight. They have the exact same amount of fear cards just as before, so there are no more fear cards from this one. In that respect, that is good. However, they get probably one of the worst, as far as tools against the player, perks at level four, and that is herds thrive in verdant lands. Towns in lands without blight are durable. Hmm. This means that they have plus two health, and destroy towns effects now do two damage instead per town they could normally destroy. Cards that say destroy all towns work normally. Jungle hungers! Jungle hungers! <laughs> this is the big one, y'all. This is the one that has gotten probably Habsburg the most amount of notoriety. Yeah. This durable keyword, destroy towns no longer works. There's a little bit of history behind this. Lots of history. Just from the onset, their towns now have more health than their cities, which is really ironic seeing how their cities, you know, there's not a whole lot of them, and they have twice as many towns, and those towns are even better than the cities. Yeah, level two is getting more difficult. They get to feed into their own synergistic ball of doom. Now, of course, cities still do three damage where towns only do two damage, so still it's not like cities are 100 percent worse. I'm talking about the health here. Can we go into the quick sidebar of England and everyone's cheat code that they... That wasn't a sidebar. That was going to be my very next thing. (laughs) But no, I was just explaining how it's interesting because now that towns have more health at four, this actually is more than cities, but if there is a blight there, they act like normal. Yeah. So in a blighted land, you don't have to worry about any of these new things to remember. If the land is blighting, the herds aren't so good anymore. Their herds, which are represented by towns, are super towns that have a lot of health. They're very healthy if the land is also healthy. Mm-hmm. This is what we were referring to when we described if the land is healthy, so are they. If the land is not healthy, neither are they. They cannot have their special towns if a blight is also in there. This is why blight users really like to take the pain to Hampsburg because you neuter Hampsburg's super towns if the land is blighted. This isn't the first time that we've had extra health on buildings, though. Correct. And one thing was quite funny is England has extra health on their buildings, as you all know, with their towns having three health and their cities having four health, which is insane because now their towns have as much as a normal city, which is just ridiculous. But one loophole that was actually quite fun that we have described many times in the earlier episodes, especially with our second wave campaign, was the fun loophole of destroy. Destroy. Destroy just says boot, get off the board. It doesn't doesn't say technically, oh, ideal. But I have four health. If you have four health and it says destroy a city, boop. Destroy City, I didn't do damage to you. I just blew you up. You can see the loophole. Well, because of this... The powerhouse of Lightning Ocean Thunderspeaker is out the window. Right. Because they aren't Blight users. I know The design team was mobile. like, oops. <laughs> 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 that actually wasn't intended, but you know what? We'll roll with it and make one of the next bad guys get around this. This does feel like this. a walk back of like, <laughs> all right, you guys had your fun with England, beating them up. Well, they're nice about it, though. They still allow us to smack England. So. Yeah. I mean, England is still tough. Don't worry. 
<laughs> England looking at all of these destroy effects still coming in. Oh no! Fly <laughs> me! <laughs> they keep getting just shredded and destroyed. <laughs> how come Hasburg? Am I doing Australian? <laughs> they are quite similar, but how come Hasburg gets to have this cool new keyword when it was supposed to be ours to begin with? <laughs> I just see like lightning walking up to be like the big guy in the block, and then Hasburg is like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, that's kind of where the fun is. Really? Because Why do you like these guys so much? Because I'm used to being like, oh yeah, ocean can just, you know, kind of push everything. Because I actually brought that up. I'm like, what if we just pushed things into the ocean? Well, it's fun to be challenged sometimes. It is fun to be yeah. challenged. Ocean so can just drown think, cities, mm-hmm. typically. Would ocean still be able to drown the towns or would they not? Would they pop back out? I remember someone asking that on the I feel like this on FAQ yeah. and I forget the answer. Yo, Editing Ryan, do you mind coming in again? Before I answer that question, it's good to know that if a blight enters a land, Habsburg's extra health for their towns is lost immediately. Therefore, if a durable Habsburg town was damaged so that just one or two health remained and blight would enter that land, the wounded towns would die immediately with that blight's entry. As to the ocean inquiry, drowning is a special form of destroy, so it works just like a destroy effect. In accordance with Habsburg's level 4 ability, destroy effects would now only deal 2 damage to towns only, per town moved into the ocean. It only grants energy for the invaders successfully destroyed by that destroy instruction. After you move a town into an ocean, the town takes 2 damage. If the town was previously damaged with two or less health remaining, or if the ocean was blighted, then it drowns normally. If it was at full health and the ocean was not blighted, it would take two damage. Then, you would push it into a non-ocean land. If that land it went into has a blight, it will die immediately and be destroyed. But, ocean's hungry grasp will not gain energy. If four undamaged towns are pushed into the ocean with a single action, the player will be able to deal eight damage to towns only, which you could distribute as you wished. If you used it to immediately destroy two of those towns, the towns would successfully be drowned and would grant energy. There is your answer. Laura will make a comment in seven seconds. Feel free to ignore it. Additionally, I will return in 11 minutes and 30 seconds. Thanks again, fam. Anyway. I hated your answer. Anyway, <laughs> no, go on what you're saying just about, because you like playing no, Ocean. No, I like playing Ocean. I like playing Thunderspeaker. I like being adjacent to Lightning and not playing it. But it's nice to kind of have to think outside the box and go, we're going against a powerful adversary and I can't use my mains or whatever. Who do I have to like to Yeah, you have Big to come at it with a new angle. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we'll get into this, but I've never seen... Wildfire? Wildfire. Like, looks so good before. It was really neat. It's great. Anyway, so that's what level four does. Level five just brings us up to a nine. We get 13 fear cards, four, six, threes. They're adding another one in the middle. They added another one to the middle. Further cementing this whole, your fight will be in the mid game. Just against the towns. And we felt it. Just fighting the towns. That was a slog. You can feel it, guys. Trust me. All of you out there, you'll feel it. (laughs) You'll like, how long have we been in terror level two? In eternity. (laughs) Too long. So this is called Wave of Immigration. Before the initial explore, put the Habsburg Reminder card under the top five invader cards. When revealed on each board, add one city to a coastal land without cities and one town to the three inland lands with the fewest blight. Oh, Will nice. you stop it? <laughs> more towns, more cities. So and they where just they are go most powerful. And spam their buildings again. But here, they put their own bomb in their own deck. Again, I do like a rule like this you don't have to keep track of. You just put it in the deck, and then once 
once it comes up, you're like, oh yeah, the reminder. I do like when an adversary has one of their levels, something like this, and we described that too in past episodes where it's not something you have to remember every single turn from turn to turn mm-hmm. to turn to turn to turn. It's like, what was that thing again? Oh, that was just a setup thing. Okay, that's just one less thing to remember. I actually dig that. Yeah. That's fine. I think one less thing to worry about. <laughs> one less thing to worry about. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> so yeah, adding more cities to a coastal land and more buildings to the inland land. Three towns. Ugh. To the fewest blade, like right. Laura said. This is going to be strongest. a nasty combo if you do the Habsburg-Scotland combo because then you have Habsburg adding more cities for free onto the coast. Wait, you can play more than one person at a time? I yeah. still can't wrap my head around. <laughs> Someone has been on the Discord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are some combinations of nations that you can fight simultaneously and some of them make more ugly pairs than others. So, for instance, England and Sweden can be a really ugly combo because their buildings have both bonus damage and bonus health. So, how about a city that has four health and five damage and towns that have three health, three damage? Yeah. So, it's like, ugh. Anyway, one Quick such... sidebar. Hang on. While you're talking about the double adversaries, mm. I wonder what's more difficult because we all know France. Maybe we all don't know, but France has lost condition if you have so many towns on the board. Right. You lose. I wonder if France Habsburg is extremely, almost insta lose really quickly Ooh. because of the multiplying towns. Right. There's just so many. They're There's multiplying just so, so many. Fast. And France right. is like, uh uh uh, you can have only so many towns uh, on the board. Uh, uh, <laughs> what's, that's uh, a good uh, what's the magic word? Jurassic. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Park. Jurassic Park. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> yeah, I but don't yeah. want to do double adversaries uh. not anytime soon. But to those who don't know, Scotland has a lose condition where they can win if they get enough cities specifically on the coast. Mm-hmm. But this wave of immigration says that you just straight up add a city to a coastal land without one. So it's like... Ugh. And this is tough too because even if you are playing like downpour or finder, use isolation, yeah. they don't care. It just says mm-hmm. add. doesn't say anything adjacent mm-hmm. or nothing. So that stinks. As for what this does for taking on Habsburg alone, this actually isn't the worst because it just does more of the same. Okay. You know what I mean? Because look at their escalation effect. Oh, just add more towns. Look at some of the setup thing. Yeah, just add more buildings. Oh, they just add more buildings and here they're just adding more buildings. They got a lot of buildings, y'all. Yeah, get used to it. Right. Last one. Level six. Now we're at ten. The even ten. We're up to fourteen fear cards. Five, six, three. So the early and mid game is where you will have your fight. But your end game was actually going to be undeterred. Last one. Far-flung herds. Ravages do plus two damage. Remember the additional loss condition if they do eight damage in lands. Ravages do plus two damage total if any adjacent lands have towns. Wait, aren't there already a ton of towns? How many adjacent lands do you think have towns? That's right. All of them. (laughs) This does not cause lands without invaders to ravage. So this is a (laughs) mobile adversary that spawns a ton ton of buildings, yet if they do a lot of damage to you, they win, and they get extra damage in lands that they're not even in if those lands happen to have any towns. Yeah, and easily triggering that lost condition. Which is gonna be ridiculously easy. So, this enters the strategic value with level 6 of having a isolationist character. So I Downpour, played, Finder! I, my Finder game was against Habsburg, and I played Finder Volcano, and usually 
essentially you're using isolation to prevent explorers, right? right? So you don't want explorers to happen. Right. It's basically like a wild token. negate the adjacency. I was never using my isolation for explorers because <laughs> I didn't want the extra damage during a ravage. I was always doing it on a ravaging or Now, this building. is actually something that's quite nice in a way because when you are using a isolation effect to isolate a land, it's usually to stop exploring. Well, if you intend to use isolation to stop an explorer, you don't know where they're going to explore. It's a gamble. So, mm. a lot of the times, it's a gamble. Now, I know that you can isolate the ocean if Mr. Ocean's Hungry Grasp is in play. I get that, what, and what, so what? it can be useful there. Or, if you have a land that has just one building in it, mm. and all of the adjacent lands are clear, you might want to isolate that one. So nothing comes so from nothing it. Comes from it. Yeah. That's true. But, if you know where they are going to ravage, because it says ravages to plus two damage if any adjacent lands have a town. Well, guess what's face up? The, the ravage. ravage card. Yeah. So you can be like, no! And you can be like, immediate cancel to far-flung herds. You can immediately cancel it. And you don't have to be random guessy with where this is going to happen. Point, Luckily, right? with characters that have isolation, you can be like, no! I'm going to just rain right here, I'm going to, you know, throw so much downpour yeah. rain right here if you're playing as that character, for instance, or finder like we mentioned, because it is like face-up card. The explore card is face down. Anyway, <laughs> but this one's face up, so that actually is quite helpful. But to those who don't have an isolationist friend, this sucks. <laughs> Yikes. This sucks. Once again, the don't care spirits, resilience, earth, and stone are starting to shine a bit brighter here because yeah. you're looking at all this extra damage, extra damage. Well, who likes extra damage? People that have insanely high health or people that have insane abilities that keep them alive even if a blight comes in because mm -hmm. you're probably gonna come in. One thing that's very helpful with stone specifically is I'm sorry, did that ravage deal bonus damage? I'm sorry, who can reflect your damage back at you? Ha ha! Ooh, stone! <laughs> Lore will get into that. So this yeah. is the rule set of Habsburg Monarchy. This is pretty ugly, guys. So they like a clean and tidy board. Yet, you'll notice that they don't add extra blight with their really high damage attacks like Sweden mm -hmm. does. Sweden really populates the filth. Yeah. These guys don't really do that so much. All you have to do is track how many times they hit you hard. They don't really care about dirting up the land because they actually kind of want a clean land. I'm seeing Earth become more and more strong because of there's Guard the Healing Land where you can defend, Resilience Earth we've already talked about, and then the Year of Perfect Stillness where you yes. can just prevent anything from happening. Yes. Like Ravage Earth mm -hmm. is becoming more and more strong in my mind yep. against Habsburg. Mm -hmm. So, let's get into the game that we had. What a fun Hanford. game. It was a lot of fun. We actually don't really have a lot of four-plus player games, but this time we did. We had a five-player game, and it was a lot of fun. And our team composition was quite interesting. For low, I think we had spirits from every range in the spectrum. Oh. Characters that are uh, not so good against <laughs> this adversary, while others we were, like, pretty good. And others that were just... Yes. Counterpick. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. So, it was us three that were in this game, in addition to Josh. You remember him. Shout out to Josh! Josh! As well as another friend who was able to join us for that day, and it was a lot of fun. Yay, other friend! Yay! Ah. And so, we were able to win, but with some difficulty. Much. And at what cost? And at what cost? Hey, we quoted that last time. Our team composition, I was Heart of the Wildfire. I was River Surges and Sun. 
sunlight. I was stone. Josh was green, and our friend Bob was Bob was lure. Lure the deep. So we had an interesting start because for it the was first a, few turns. Wait a minute, interesting. You put it so nicely. It was a bad start. <laughs> well, it was off to a garbage. If you let me finish my sentence, it was interesting because pretty much everyone was having it pretty hard. And then I'm sitting there having a bloodbath. You <laughs> were destroying so much. Oh my goodness. Wildfire was fantastic, y'all. Oh my goodness. Wildfire was just. Absolutely shredding Habsburg. It was out of the fantastic. gate, death and destruction. It was great. One of the reasons why Wildfire was so good for us was because Wildfire likes to just go and be like, yo, what up, world? And just bounce around the map. Remember how we were talking about how Habsburg was annoying because they're constantly moving around, and so mobile peeps are actually quite good? Well, here's an example of said thing. Wildfire was absolutely fantastic because they could move around. I'm sorry, did your towns go over there? Get over here, fam! Keep jumping on you going over there? So am I! Going over here? Get back here! And so I felt very much like Scorpion. I'm just a fire demon who's like, Get over here! (laughs) (laughs) So whenever they went to a spot, I'm like, Alright, two can play at that game, Sonny! Another thing, though, that was so great is that wildfire just adds so much blight and just Weakening those towns. Right, just sets the dance floor with all of this blight, and then they just waltz all over the place. we have extra health, but wildfire's like, nope. (laughs) (laughs) No, you don't. Now, one thing that was quite interesting was if you notice with blazing presence with wildfire special rule it says when you add or move presence after setup in the land that it goes to for each exposed fire element on your track do one damage then after that you add the blight so some people I have heard say well wait that's not so good for wildfire because you can't add the blight and then do damage it's you do the damage first then you do the blight well one thing that is great is I would do this fun thing where I would disperse my damage to three different towns they all had four health from all right take one health off you've taken one damage now a blight enters they're still wounded they took one damage now they have two health one damage is half of it they have one health left so guess what happens in the immediately following firestorm that happens in the fast phase i have like three wounded towns and (laughs) burn baby (laughs) burning all of them i told you i would return Technically, there was nothing wrong with how I was playing with Wildfire, but with what I spoke of earlier with Ocean, and how a Habsburg town will lose its bonus health as soon as a Blight enters, this means that it is inconsequential if the Blight comes in after the damage. So, I could have made the whole process easier for myself by entering a land, hitting the towns for two damage, and then they'd die immediately when that Blight would enter. So, there's nothing strictly wrong here, but I'm just pointing out another way you could play it. And also, there is just simply blight all over the place. So, one thing that was just so great was we talked about their escalation effect and how if your land is clean, they can get more buildings out there. Well, guess what? Since I carpeted the land with blight on my personal board, they never once did their escalation on my board, which is what I was referring to when I said there were only two of us, usually, I think it was three the first time, but there were two of us that were completely exempt from their stage two escalation. It happened to me every time. (laughs) (laughs) I was one of those people because because I had a ton of blight to begin with, and poor Lure was just simply taking a lot of hits, so that's why they didn't have that. But that's fine, because Lure is a slower spirit, and they were coming out of the gate, and Wildfire was just, in our early game, it was hilarious, because everyone was like, oh, jeez, oh, jeez, and I'm sitting there just like, come on, man! I felt like Gimli at Helm's Deep, like, oh, yeah, we can take him! And so everyone else is just like, hold them back, and I'm like, 20! 21! 22! I was slaughtered! 
slaughtering people. Oh, it was fantastic. And Josh was just whipping gift of proliferation at you. Like, hey, Ryan, you want to grow again? You're let's like, do it. Please. Yes. yes. Like, well, just... you and Laura, I never got gift of proliferation. <laughs> Some of us were a little more necessary. Well, Stone and Wildfire were like the Jaeger to this tank. So <laughs> I did massive flooding a couple times. <laughs> that was actually pretty sweet, not going to lie. But one thing that was hilarious was in the early game, John once spoke a few minutes ago about how he would move towns, but then they would move them right back. And so you're like, just stop it! Because it's hard for a controller to move people, and then they just move on their own. Like, stop it. I put you here. Just stay where I put you. And so it was hilarious because there were five towns in the early game. You're just like, here, Ryan, take them. I'm just going to send them to you. I'm just going to just shove these towns into your territory. I'm like, that's fine. Just put them on the Bunsen burner. All of my lands that had a presence and a blight is just like a Bunsen burner. And to all the new players out there, if you're unfamiliar with how Heart of the Wildfire works, Heart of the Wildfire will move to a land and bounce around the place, and they will set up a presence and a blight in a land, but Wildfire has an innate power called Firestorm, which will allow you to deal damage in any land where you have a presence and where there's also a blight. So I like to think of it like Wildfire is going around the land, installing Bunsen burners in various lands, and can turn on that Bunsen burner to... and just bake any bad guy that goes there. So one thing is fun is not only can you move to new lands, setting them ablaze, but all the lands that you just were at, you can set ablaze again. So it was hilarious because Wildfire's starting land starts with three presents and two blight. So that is definitely a place that is on fire! Oh, it was nice because our boards yeah, were Yeah, you and I were other. adjacent to each other. We and my adjacent. starting land was adjacent to your board. And we're- I was pushing. I used wash away so many times. That's where you can push three <laughs> explorers slash towns. Guess what? I yeah. wasn't really often choosing explorers. Yeah. I was choosing three towns as much right. as I could. I pushed them on so that you're right, you're starting location oh, and you would just set up a blaze. And one thing that was so fantastic was the card Asphyxiating Smoke. And usually it wouldn't be able to deal with these towns because it says destroy a town. And at Habsburg level four, you can't destroy them if they are in an unblighted land. But guess what? A lot of the times they would build in a land that I had been in many turns ago. And so they would gather a town into that blighted land. And so I would just do Asphyxiating Smoke to just boop. Got him. It was one of those hilarious things. Is that at range two? It is. It's Heart of the Wildfire's longest ranged thing. It reminds me of Shattered Homesteads, where you get like a fear for the card and then destroy a town. Yep. And then lightning has that. Honestly, it felt like one of those moments where the character walks away from the explosion without looking at it. Because it's like, I burn a land. I blew everything up. Cool. Oh, wait. There's another bad guy that just entered. Oh, the bad guy trains a gun on the back of the hero's head and the hero doesn't see it. And the hero's like walking away. Just walking away. And then there's like a perfectly positioned time explosive that's that like gets the one guy like I planned for that <laughs> so there's a lot of times when you can jump in a land bounce elsewhere someone comes into a land you were at and then you can just alley-oop and throw the Kobe. basketball of asphyxiating smoke behind you and get them because there's a blight there now Ryan I'm gonna have to call you out you hmm. played Flames Fury never on me <laughs> and I'm grumpy do you blame me I why can't I have extra damage <laughs> I needed the bonus damage I have flash floods and only Dude, does one damage oh, unless it's in my the neck coast. my spine I was in so much pain from carrying the team. Oh my so goodness. Long. Laura, okay, Laura, start talking about Stone. For the early and mid game. Okay, Laura, what'd you do with Stone? Well, Stone got off to a slow start. Okay. Stone is very uniquely equipped, though, to counter a lot of the bad perks that Habsburg has, especially that loss condition because of the whole coming from the box and back to the box thing. We described that earlier, and that's just one thing that just Stone being there automatically helps with. Let me rephrase that. Laura got off to a slow start. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
We also describe the fact that the damage reflect that goes right back to them is actually really nice because it's like, look at all these towns. Look at this bonus damage we can get. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, no you. Um, you had a pretty big turn with that. Well, as I was saying, I got off to a slow start. Okay. <laughs> but I was going to get there because it was like trying to get myself set up and whatnot. You know when you're like used to playing some of the slightly easier spirits and then you get a moderate one from Jagged Earth and it's got like all the things and the symbols. And right. Like, Lots of reading to do in the Jagged Earth. I a Jagged Earth again. moderate is not the same as a base game moderate. Yeah. No, <laughs> but it is delightful once you get going. I don't remember a whole lot about the beginning game other than being one of the people staring there like, oh boy. We were all saying, oh boy. Luckily, I was also in the middle of the board, the way it was physically oriented, because there were a lot, I was adjacent to Lure's board and River's board, and so there were a lot of bad guys. Well, River. I was next to River and then like shared one little teeny tiny point of intersection with Green, which did end up helping. We got some good synergy going there Mm. in a little bit, but it really did become a mid to late game when I was able to get into Josh's board as Green, and he was able to gift a proliferation me right where we needed to be so I could mm-hmm. defend for him and like keep the land from blighting. And then once I was able to trigger let them break themselves against stone and I was able to trigger it especially at its highest level. Yes. In the last couple of turns I was triggering that highest level every single time. Mm-hmm. So we would just kind of like group up the towns and then just smash them all to bits which yep. was so fun to do. One quick combo that me and Laura had. Stone's got this one card. Stubborn Solidity? Oh, I played Stubborn Solidity like every single turn. You did often. <laughs> you could, yeah. And yeah. I I, like we said with the positioning, I was next to Ryan, but I was also next to Laura, and I started growing the river towards mm-hmm. Laura, and I did River's Bounty. Yeah. So I would be making more to Han. I can't do anything with them because River can't mm-hmm. defend naturally, but Laura would take them mm-hmm. and solidify them, and they would fight back. It was like, these combos are really cool. It yeah. really was. And also that plows shatter on rocky ground, where you do one damage to each town, push up to one town, or destroy a town. Mm-hmm. I was able to work that with Josh. He had a one damage to each town Ooh. in a... I don't know. Which that one... Down. Stem the fresh flow of water, that which if it. the land is a specific type. Mountain or sand. Yes. We were able to come yeah. combo those together sand. because we would let the board blight and then we would both be in there and the mountains and the sands we were able to clean up together mm-hmm. in one round. Man, green is so good. I keep forgetting green has a one damage yep. each building if it's yep. in the right land. And it's, it's in a mountain or sand. And yeah. it's yeah. green's weak lands. It's just like, wow, what a good spirit. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I just keep seeing the spirit. I'm like, yep. there's no faults. <laughs> the problem with poor green in this game was the whole like, I'm defending a lot of places and he was doing so good with defending and yet the creepers tear into mortar in eight power isn't looking so great because they have so much health on those buildings. Yeah. yeah. And then the whole fact that they need to blight in order to be weak. But he was defending so well that it was actually hurting us. <laughs> it was. Because we actually want them to be blighted. It's a weird adversary. Yeah. It, it definitely is. flips the script there. And I think that's where I felt like the most strength from Stone was that I never was worried about blight as long as yeah. I was there and I had a little bit of money. Because I was able to trigger that, you know, almost right off but the bat. But we did blight. Right <laughs> I'll have you know that from turn three onwards for the rest of the game, every single turn, I removed a blight. I was a very responsible wildfire. I picked up Uncanny Melting, which is the target land is sands or wetland, remove a blight. Mm-hmm. So River was also trying to help out, yep. but we did blight. So we I did got have a few corruption. <laughs> And I did it once. (laughs) Nice. We did have a few nasty events, which are just, hey, blight. Like, wait, can we stop it? (laughs) Nope. You just blight. Some of us at the table threw a fit. (laughs) So while we're discussing... Some of us at the table also kept other of us alive, and we're very grateful for that, so... Oh, I meant I threw a fit, but you did too. (laughs) No, I know. I'm saying you kept us alive through a lot of those. No, you kept us alive. I'm giving you a compliment. Take it, darn it. (laughs) What is this? (laughs) I never get these. (laughs) Can I speak? No. All right, so we did blight. 
right. I want to talk about Wildfire and Blight cards. I think me and Ryan had spoke when we did our Blight episode, when the Blight mm-hmm. rule changes on how certain spirits got buffed with the Heaven ah, Nature yes. Blight on the cards. I also think because of France and Jagged Earth, we have now more Blight cards. Mm-hmm. I've told Ryan this, but I've like, sent you a screenshot. I've been trying to play Wildfire a little bit more, mm-hmm. but I still Blight, and those two Blight cards are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm always either losing presents or losing a card and a presence, or yeah. I get to pick. Yep. Because we're going to go into this. We got a good or goodish blight card yeah and that helped where very much so especially yeah. with well wild... it wasn't an ongoing effect it was an ongoing effect Thank and goodness. so i'm kind of more okay with wildfire on my team because i know like maybe it's not going to be the worst it right. might be a still healthy island card it might be hey. a still healthy island card i might get be... to get one of those. those it might be eight from lesser spirits and might be back against the wall back against the wall or we got erosion of will right that's just the one that says you get two fear per player and every spirit destroys one of their presence and loses an energy luckily like we said this is one that gives and takes but more importantly whatever it does only happens once wasn't an ongoing effect and that's huge that's really really nice do you think that does help wildfire with having more blight options oh, like goodness, cards yeah. i think oh, yeah. just like i want wildfire on my team more than maybe mm-hmm. even like thunder spirit i Lightning. love wildfire it's just seeing what you did mm-hmm. and how you were able just to burn them alive your board got relatively you know it was green. really good because wildfire was all jokes aside was doing such a help to the team in the early and mid game yeah. which gave enough time for everyone else to get to the late game and stone so in the late true. game can be terrifying you were terrifying Laura river in the late game can be scary lure in the late game can Ooh. be terrifying and so one thing that was kind of interesting was I was running out of targets to burn and so my late <laughs> game started to look more and more lackluster the longer the game went on which whereas turn? everyone else's was starting to look better and better as the game went on which turn was it that your board was like clear it was like five or six it was pretty early so it seems difficult like how does it get like that but their explorers don't have extra help so ryan was stopping a lot of them oh my goodness flash fires was fantastic and one thing that was really helpful was it did grab drift down into slumber which has air earth and plant on it which are elements that fire really likes in addition to fire but flash fires that card likes air because if you have two air you can make that slow power into a fast one and Mm. since it does one fear one damage you can go on pink pick off and explore which is very nice and of course if you have flames fury on yourself you can take out a town which is also really great but there's a lot of flexibility just between that card as well wind i feel so you were making it fast quite a bit yep and later in the game we were able to get an element of our choice we actually had mr i hate events this This was delightful This was a game that further incentivized me to not play with events because uh, they screwed us over. We again. won because of this event. I swear. I think so. No. I like more head, more no. because of this event. We were two so, yeah, turns away from Josh, losing. Bob, and myself were like, yeah, I, just, I like events even less after this game. It <laughs> is true that they can help you, but they, this one helped a lot. But this wasn't nearly as good as the Russia game we had. If I had events work for me like they did in that Russia game, I would play with events all the time. <laughs> They don't do that, John. It's random, Ryan. You do realize we had to destroy more presents to get this effect. (laughs) Anyway, this was just simply the event called Lesser Spirits Get Imperiled, which is based on player actions. You are allowed to gain one permanent element of your choice for the rest of the game, which is really nice. And that was a genuine nice thing. The unfortunate thing is there were a lot of extra lands that blighted and a lot of plans that got thwarted by poor Bob and Josh because they laid a very 
very specific plan for their lands, and the event was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> so, and I had a lot like that, too. I'm like, great, this land's going to blight because of Sometimes this. Sometimes life hits you hard. I know, and I don't know why you defend events so I much, because they because suck. Because of this! It's not worth it! It was a close game. We only had two turns left in the Invader deck. Yeah, it was rough. But it was close. The reason why, and I know some of you out there are like, wait, if you were mad that a land was going to blight and you're playing as Wildfire? Well, yeah, because if I blight this now blighted land, it's going to cascade. So now there's two blight, and my friends can't deal with that. There was so it's some, hard. There was to, quite a bit of cascading. Yeah, I was about to say, we had some like connect the dots going it with the cascades. It is difficult to be a responsible Wildfire when there is blight coming in that I did not calculate not for. Right. right. When I am predicting certain blight to come in, it's a lot better because I also have in my plan to get rid of this blight over here on the very same turn. So I put one on the board, but I also got rid of one. So mm. it's like a net gain of nothing. Like it washes out. It's like when you have a budget and then your husband goes on eBay and buys tennis shoes. You know? Or a promo pack too. I had to have it. I had to have it. I love me some finder. <laughs> anyway, but Drift Down into Slumber was nice because it was able to get me that air element for flash fires to trigger a lot easier, a lot more often with its threshold. I liked your build of wildfire. Yeah, I think it was pretty good. Like I said, it was really really strange because my early and mid game was so productive and my late game was starting to be like um anybody left <laughs> like there's no one left to kill because all the bad guys are also dwelling where my friends are and i don't want to jump out more right and i don't want to jump on a land where my friend is one of the things i once said someone was like guys i have like a really big problem spot over here can anyone help me and i'm like well here's the thing i have a really big package deal i can kill everyone on that spot but my price is high. I also had to kill you as well. <laughs> so, it's worth it. Or so, it was out of range. Right. And that's where John came in. Yeah. But it was just like one of those things where it's just like wildfire really excels on killing a lot of people in the same lands. So if you have bad guys popping up in the same spot, he is such a great weed whacker. Oh no, quickly spawning bad guys over here and over here. They're yeah. multiplying like rabbits. Oh, that's where wildfire just absolutely A good excels. range zero spirit. Because, yes, very much so. A very good range zero spirit. Because you are placing your fire everywhere on one board a lot of the time. The basic and best strategy for wildfire on the sly is just carve out your own area, mm -hmm. carve out your dance floor, and just stay in that spot. Everyone who is in or on your dance floor will just get roasted. Oh, yeah. Literally. They cannot survive with wildfire. But then you start looking around. around, like you said, and there's no one around you because they're all gone. But wildfire doesn't do so good on enemies that are at range because although it's true that you can go yoink and just bounce like Tigger <laughs> and bounce over there and set them all ablaze. The cops are made of rubber. <laughs> My mom's made of springs. <laughs> the problem is, is that other lands are also where your friends are. And wildfire doesn't coexist well with very many people. Except stone. Except Yay! stone. There was one time where green and stone were on a land. I'm like, hey, I can actually show up here. What up, world? And just like, yeah. pow, and kill a bunch of people. And green stayed alive. And stone stayed alive. And that was an exception to the rule. That was very fun. And this game, though, I was across the board from you. So, like, yeah. we weren't able to synergize. Right. It was only at the very well. end where we did the thing I just described. Yeah. One thing that was quite well, though, for me was we talked about the fact that they are gathering towns. This was perfect because they're building in lands on my board that are already on fire. Sure. If you yeah. want to settle here. <laughs> and I was help pushing things right. into you. It was just hilarious because like, we're going to come back to this land
land that we were at. I'm like, your funeral. (laughs) (laughs) Smells like steak. You know, all these herds are just on fire. Which, by the way, that is an accidental boon for Volcano as well. I'm sorry, are you gathering more people into one spot? That's a shame, because I can just nuke one spot. That's the one thing I'm good at. Since Bob's not here, one of the players, I wanted to bring up a card that he drafted, Savage Transformation. It was very good because he was able to get more beast tokens that makes Lure stronger. And also, Mm -hmm. like you were saying, stopping the explorers at the source. Yeah. Yeah, just getting rid of explorers, getting more beasts out there, and then he was able to do that on adjacent land when he triggered the effect. Because Lure has to set up all these tokens in order to do damage. So Savage Transformation was allowing him to get beast tokens in lands where the bad guys moved to. Mm -hmm. So he was able to do damage on lands that he had set up for because in the slow phase he went and made some people into beasts where bad guys moved and then he was able to use one of his growth options to get into a land and then use his fast swallowed by the wilderness power to quickly do damage for every wild token, beast token, badlands token, but namely beast in this instance. So he was able to more flexibly and more reliably get beast tokens out there. It was kind of cool thematically like he's luring these people, these explorers in and they're turning into werewolves. Right, and then (laughs) immediately attacking them with it. And then, yeah, using them against themselves. And then Josh picked up Focus on the Land's Anguish. It's a new card, new major. Mm -hmm. This one's actually really good for our situation in this one. I don't think I actually have ever used this card. What happens in this one? It's a slow. It's cost five, and it has one sun. It's so weird that it has one element. Mm -hmm. Um, If this power destroys any building, town, or city, five here. Mm -hmm. Gather up to five blights and one damage per blight. And if you have three sun, plus one damage per blight. So this is one of those cards that simply does more damage if there's more blight out there. Huh, what is Hapsburg? <laughs> and we were benefiting from a gameplay style of spitting blight everywhere. And a lot of that blight on his board was on accident, unfortunately. But we were quite happy to use that blight for Team Good Guy, mm-hmm. and we were able to do a ton of damage. Now, ironically, although the damage was quite nice, in my opinion, the greatest boon that this card gave was the five fear that it was giving. Because yeah. we were talking about just the ridiculous slog through terror level two that we were going through. Oh my goodness. And with five players, it takes 20 fear. Just to earn one card. Oh. So we and were you're th- not killing cities. So we, you're not getting two It fear. was taking Ugh. forever. At one time, Ryan asked me, how many fear cards are we from terror level three? Right. And I said, we're three cards away. So we're 60, 60 fear away. Ugh. And we were two <laughs> turns. And we didn't have a fear spirit either. Now it's true that I was gaining us a ton of fear, but you correction, you were gaining us the only fear in the early <laughs> game. But yes. there's an asterisk with that because it wasn't that I was doing good fear. It's I was just killing people. Yet I wasn't killing nearly enough to get all that fear that we needed because as Laura stated, we're killing towns. Towns don't give you a whole lot of fear in comparison to cities, but there weren't really a lot of cities there. It was only towns. And they're harder to kill for a lot of the other players. Right. Oh my goodness. I killed so many people this game. <laughs> you did. It was insane. I don't think I've ever seen Wildfire kill this many people nor have I ever actually used a fully leveled up Firestorm yes, in Let's get into it. Let's talk about that one. This was the it ended, first it ended game. the game. It was. It was the last action that ended the game. And yes, we checked the action tree. <laughs> but it was the actually last thing. Firestorm has four levels. And ironically, levels one and two require plant. Then the third one uses fire and air. But it's at levels three and four where Firestorm really kicks up the awesomeness. The first level is where you simply get to do damage in a land that you are in based nice. on how many fire elements you have. 
have. Then level two lets you do the same thing, but at a better rate. But level three and four are where it starts to get pretty hard because Wildfire only gets up to four card play. And there's no growth option that can boost that. Net a fifth or something. Right, or something like that that can help assist with this. So what level three does is all the damage that you're doing with this innate, you can split this power's damage among any number of lands of yours that have both a blight and a presence. This is what I meant by the whole Bunsen burner thing. Throughout the game, you are installing so many Bunsen burners. And with this power, you can attack many lands. There was a time where I attacked four lands for one damage Splitting each the damage. Because there were four explorers that showed up. So it was like one innate power did damage in four different lands. It was fantastic. This is what I was referring to when I described that Wildfire is just ace at keeping one area locked down. Very good at keeping with one area and keeping it clear. Not so great with going out to other areas and sweeping across the board. That's more Mist's thing. But keeping one area completely clear, this is the ability that lets you do it. However, the thing that is insane, I feel as if people overlook Wildfire because they forget about this amazing, amazing innate when it's fully upgraded with Firestorm. This even, in my opinion, rivals some serpent cheese. Which is, if you have enough to get it, it's just seven fire. But in a land that has blight and has your presence, you push all to Han and you destroy all invaders and all beasts. But you destroy all invaders. All of them. They could literally have 1,000 million cities. Literally. And they could be even English cities. 1,000 million English cities. Boop! All gone. Not that you'll ever get to that ridiculously stupid number, but point being, this is a land wipe. Yeah. And so we had a land with a ton of people. It was on Lore's board. And so it was kind of like a great way to end the show with a bang with some fireworks because I started the game and the mid game was sustained by wildfire setting things ablaze. And then to finish the game, it happened to be coincidentally last. I was able to get Firestorm and we were able to destroy what is like three explorers and seven towns. It was a bunch of towns. It wasn't like the biggest congregation of bad guys guys you've seen, but there was enough plastic on that land where it was starting to overfill. One of the rare Terra Level 2 victories I've had with yeah. only explorers left on the board. Yeah, this was a Terra 2 victory. I don't think with Habsburg you are going to have a Terra Level 3 victory too common or a fear victory all that common. Unless it is a lower player count game that isn't 5 like we had and you had at least a few fear spirits. Right. Mm-hmm. With our setup we had green, lure, wildfire, river, stone. There are no fear spirits to be found that day. There was no hope of us getting a fear victory. I counted the, really. the first time I generated a fear was not until turn four. I did massive flooding. Yeah, and I, that was great. There were two occasions I can remember where there was a blighted land that had, what, like 10, 13 towns on it. So I was accumulating all these towns into my one city, my coastal city, and I was pushing everything there. And then I let it blight. So yes, it did count everyone keeping track at home as one of our additional loss conditions. It went onto the card because yeah. it was it well... only one time, though. It happened actually, only once. I'm actually quite impressed with us. Guys. Yeah, it was only one time. It was because of me, but in the slow phase, because Massive Flooding is slow phase, mm-hmm. I wiped everything out because I attacked that city in the yeah. fast with Flash Floods. And it was quite satisfying because seeing how there are so many towns out there, there are so many bad guys, and they all have been cooped up because of River's Fantastic Control. There's all these bad guys in one spot. And guess what? They're all towns. Yeah. There's no 
no cities in the no. inland. They're all towns, so two damage to every invader is just a kapow. Oh, God. It was absolutely fantastic and very satisfying because, honestly, John, between you and I, I think you and I had the highest kill count in that game. Ooh, Laura's Overall, doing a face. There were a lot of really cool maneuvers and really awesome high damage things that other players did. I'm talking about grand total. I don't think anyone overtook my kill count. Oh, no, 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 no one took not you. Yours. Laura, I any... have a debate about river versus stone. <laughs> okay. Oh, I, I will say that getting that water element for lesser... Oh, very helpful. Helped me very get helpful, massive yeah. flooding. I actually I triggered picked... It like almost every other trigger. Ironically, I actually picked air for that one mm. because I wanted flash fires to trigger reliably and I wanted firestorm level three to trigger reliably and those are the only things that require air. You may think, why would you pick air and not fire. for wildfire? I just simply had a lot of cards that gave me the fire element and my tracks were giving me four fire elements as well so I thought I was yeah. doing pretty good there. Laura, you did the yeah. same thing. You didn't I pick stone. I picked sun. You picked sun, yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, stone only has a single innate that uses but sun. But we were far enough along in the game where I was already triggering the second level of it. Let them break themselves against the stone. And I right. was getting so much mountain. To be fair, you have stone. a ton of earth elements on I your I was track. like, I am <laughs> drowning in earth elements. All yeah. of my cards have earth yep. elements, but only two of them had sun and one of right. them was absorb corruption, which I didn't play a lot because I like the blight. Right. So by getting that sun, I was able to repeat that power. Let them break themselves against stone constantly. Mm -hmm. And really quick. Oh, one other thing I forgot. I'm so sorry. While I'm looking here at the mm. board thingy, the leaf element reminded me there was a moment where we had that when an event or blight card directly destroys presence, you may prevent any number of presence from being destroyed by paying one energy each. Oh, there was yeah. a time. That's one where of, you kept me alive. One yeah. of the events. It might have been that event that gave us our yeah. element. Maybe. There was many events I mean, it's killed. There were a lot. <laughs> yeah. One of the two times, at least. Yeah. I was randomly triggering that one because it takes a leaf element, which stone doesn't have a lot of. Right. But I was happening to play like my, my one leaf element card and I was like guys this one random time I'm triggering this at the highest level so who wants to stay alive I have three money mm -hmm. no one's gonna mention my reaching grasp that I drafted and like gave to you guys many times I never got it once Oops. you did what now? <laughs> I picked up Reaching Grass and Sky Scratching I remember you yelling about having the card. I don't remember. No, it's, I went super supportive. I was this giving was a up very involved and game, oh, you were, by the way. You were giving a lot of energy to like lure and And leave. Sky Scratching Destroyer. I was making people fast and we were tapping No, it was coast. very, very I went good. real supportive with You helped did. lure and green River. a lot. Yeah. And luring I never green gave specifically. It to you? No, I'm sorry. No, no well, it's fine. Because you never gave me Flame's Fury. You did help me with energy a few times. Okay. And that was actually really nice. But you were very supporty to lure and green, which is actually Really quite were. helpful. What's nice about River is reaching grass and sky stretches to shore is just sun element, sun and water. water and even element. on Candy Melting, yep. which was my blight removal card, mm -hmm. I got to use weave together a fabric of place. And that was cool. <laughs> That was a really cool one to get around some adjacency it, things. It basically makes two lands one into and you one, can like right. move the pieces however you want. So. Yep. So how did you incorporate that one into our game? Because I remember you playing it, I don't remember what happened. I did another like setup for massive you flooding. You tied a mountain into a coastal sand. Yeah, and I just moved them to the blighted land yep. so then I could attack them the slow. Yep. <sighs> Smart. Which is actually quite handy. Sometimes we were... I think, babe. <laughs> <laughs> You're very thinky. Nice. And as to my earlier yeah. comment, I'm not trying to brag when I said that no one surmounted my kill count. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not saying that from the standpoint of like, oh, look, I killed the most people because I don't care. I'm saying, like, look who's surprised if Wildfire had the most kills. Yeah, no one's surprised. I'm just saying I think it was really helpful to have Wildfire on the team, regardless of who played it. No, I'm happy. Oh, we no, had you Wildfire. were doing great. When we had a lot of that blight come in from the various event cards and you were able to keep us alive from not having to destroy all of our presence, it was really nice because Green was like, I don't really care. I can get my destroyed presence back. I'm fine with losing some of my presence. Because I've been losing my presence all game. I'm fine with that. Yeah. But you were able to 
like be that rock, pun intended, to keep us alive. The synergy was really cool where, yes, maybe Josh wasn't feeling as strong, but he was also preventing ravages and letting other people grow. I feel like Josh and I were collaborating on at least half of the turns. No, Where I was like, I'll do this if you do this for me. Yeah, right. A lot of my biggest things, he enabled me to have an extra growth so I could get to the problem He gifted proliferation to you a lot. And then smack Mm, him back. It might be my new second favorite. I love three player, but five Mm -hmm. player was really fun. I really liked the wonky board we had. I liked the wonky boards. We had I like liked... a crab. It was like a Little donut with... movement. It was I liked cool. working together with different synergies that maybe I didn't think... I didn't think of like River and Stone that often or like right. Wildfire and River mm-hmm. and I don't know. It's just Dude, like... River and Wildfire was like the fire and flood thing. Yes. Because you kept shoving people into my land. I spoke about how Wildfire doesn't like to go elsewhere because he kills his friends, but that's okay when you have other people sending bad guys to you. You were like putting a guy in a box and Amazon shipping them to yeah. my land. And then they were just immediately, all right, we got a new shipment of steaks that came in. Let's put them on to Bobby. And just <laughs> roast. It was a great game. It was hilarious because was really fun. from the standpoint of comedic jokes, I was like, John, stop <laughs> sending me your guys. He's like, it's the only way I get my land clear. Yeah, I couldn't. <laughs> I didn't mind in truth. It was just kind of funny. I'm like, oh, a new shipment of towns from John. Let's immediately cook them. <laughs> what do but you want I me could. to do? That's the thing, though. It was great. It was a great team synergy because... Once I got that Reclaim 1 that River has, I was using Wash right. Away a lot to just keep pushing things yep. towards you. And it worked really well. So Habsburg was a really fun time. I did have a lot of fun. We had to constantly think about where are they going to ravage? Where are they going to yep. gather from? Where are we going to yep. attack? That's blighted. Yep. And no one really had destroy powers because we didn't pick those spirits with them. But I had a ton of fun because I was one of the scissors to the paper or the rock to the oh, scissors. Yeah. You know what you I mean? Were... When you are one of the counter picks, I think it's a lot more fun for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did talk at the beginning about, what was it on BGG? You asked like who would be the best against these guys. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, whoever the internet says is best, give me that person. So <laughs> we just happened to, to look at what the survey was at the time and a lot of you said Wildfire. And Most of you, almost stone. all of you said Stone. And Laura got to be Stone. So I did your thing. But you were but liking Stone more and not more. Not to spoil like. part I mean, I two stone. of this episode, but <laughs> we're but, giving spoilers I away. I mean, you played as a character that maybe people didn't initially think of as going against Habsburg. So here's my grievance. I was out of the room for the whole list. River's middling, but I think I shouldn't have picked River. It's just my yeah. comfort spirit. Well, I think I River's should have went vengeance. Bad, I should have went vengeance. I don't know. River was good though because you're able to give a lot of energy to characters that needed it. Mm-hmm. But the two damage to all invaders in a land was really nice. That Furthermore, you were able to clear your board because you shoveled them into mine. Vengeance <laughs> can't do that. That's true. I'm but just saying I... there's a lot of value that River has. I honestly think that River is good against Habsburg. Okay. I'm not going to say great or perfect. Or I'm going to say right. I'm going to say this is actually a good spirit. Devil's advocate to Ryan. Uh, we uh, don't play vengeance very often because vengeance low-key sucks but uh, so we, i gotta get better with vengeance once all... i find where i put the printout of original vengeance we'll play him <laughs> more but this would have been a fun opportunity to play vengeance in a maybe more of vengeance so oh shucks i guess we had to play Habsburg again so in all <laughs> seriousness darn, date my date night a ryan coming oh. <laughs> why not <laughs> uh, if you allow it so i mean <laughs> in all seriousness no my emotions have a little bit settled on vengeance and i think i had to accept some truths about the character and once I did, I actually hated the character a lot less. And I actually started to appreciate that spirit. I think my problem was I was thinking from the standpoint of I want to play a spirit and a measure of success for that spirit is if I can play and finish a game without flipping the blight card with this character. And I think I was perturbed 
initially by Vengeance because I'm like, I don't see how you can play this character without blighting the board. You can't. <laughs> so once I accepted, you know what? This character will blight the board. Just accept that. Mm -hmm. Once I accepted it, I actually realized that's where a lot of my ilk towards the character was. I'm like, mm -hmm. you know what? I gave the spirit mm -hmm. a lot of bad rap because you're because minded. I was always thinking of spirits are good if you can beat the game without blighting. But that's not what this character is. So I just had to have my worldview on this character kind of tweaked on that. And so in all seriousness, now that some time has gone by, I look at Vengeance a lot more favorably. It's just I now have a more accurate calibration to where this spirit should go. You just got to be in the right mindset when playing Right, Vengeance. and have maybe the good team build. You still want to be careful with certain team builds, but I don't look at the character nearly as negatively. Situational. For the sake of comedy, I will still indulge in a lot of vengeance bashing <laughs> jokes. I still think I know funny. where I put that printout. <laughs> Laura! <laughs> She just will not give it up. So anyway, guys, we have gone way over, but that's totally fine because just like last time, there will be a part two where we will get to all of your comments and strategies. So I hope that you didn't mind our hashes about our own game. I hope all the newer beginner players out there may get some interesting strategies from trying to take on Habsburg in the future. If you don't have them, maybe you can be slightly prepared. And if you weren't looking at Wildfire or Vengeance in a good light before, well, here is some good news for you because, lo, I... I have a good theater for them to dance in mm -hmm. where they actually have the spotlight on them and they look great, baby. And so, don't forget to add that extra blight to the starting set. Yes, yes. For yeah. those yes. for those spirits. As now a 2021 standard of living, we get plus one blight on all the things. Yeah, it's fun. So, Alrighty, well, we will catch you all in part two. Bye. Farewell. To be continued. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Kindred Spirit Podcast. We appreciate you taking the time to do so. Feel free to visit us on our Instagram and Facebook page. You can find me on our Facebook page at the Kindred Spirit Podcast. To get a hold of John, check out our Instagram page at the KSP123. We look forward to hearing from you and seeing you in future episodes.